0: Press man, max man, over easy Aww. so rah, rah. that's not <laughs> scary at all
1: is <laughs> it, it was hey. terrifying. <laughs> are you terrifying hey.
0: well yeah well welcome to our halloween special uh, yasmin mm. is not here because she's just forgotten. she's gonna have dinner with her sister that's basically the truth of it so it's just me and mark
1: gonna... of it is the um the spirits of native american people dragged her into the television and are holding her prisoner in an alternate dimension somewhere
0: um yeah uh, and where she thinks she's having dinner with her sister but she's not it's like the other sister like in Coraline, where they're not actually your relatives they're just creepy monsters with buttons for eyes
1: yep so (laughs) he's doing but that's a halloween adventure which is good because it is halloween season
0: yeah i she'll be able to vanquish the people in the television
1: (laughs) no i mean oh, nothing return. against the
0: native americans or whatever but you know you to
1: return before the veil between the worlds becomes thick again otherwise you'll be stuck in the television with the television people Probably.
0: how is it mark i think i said that wrong is it how is it you know the scottish word for halloween or the celtic word for halloween how do you say it if i flummoxed you uh
1: it's is it Samhain? i think it's Samhain.
0: i want to say samhain but that's a retarded way that's like the really stupid way <laughs> of saying it <laughs> literally saying it how it's spelled, but i thought no it's like the french words where it doesn't actually it's not spoken how it, it reads
1: yeah i think That's it's it i think it's "souen."
0: Souen? oh someone please tell us how you pronounce it i don't know look it up on youtube but then they could be wrong um so yeah halloween it's my favorite time of the year it's like christmas for golfs
1: yep i also love halloween it is a jolly jolly wonderful season of happiness and and just wonder and, and yeah. certainly
0: better than christmas time which i detest i really do i really absolutely hate christmas and if the government say it's cancelled it'd be the best news ever for me Let's...
1: <laughs> although i did like the, when, the, when the government gave the announcement and said this year will be a digital christmas I think <laughs> in a way as though we've previously had digital christmases like, just like Christmas 1967, 69, 82, and fact, 96. Back when Jesus was 19... crucified. <laughs> when Jesus was crucified on TikTok, because it is a digital Christmas.
0: I don't know, it's don't not really don't it
1: hasn't been crucified, it hasn't Christmas, is
0: it? We're not, we're not celebrating the death of Jesus at Christmas so <laughs> That'd <laughs> <laughs> be funny, wouldn't it? It's more like the birth of Jesus, except he wasn't born on the 25th of December, because that's just... Saturnalia. yeah
1: and again the christians want to just
0: ruin everyone's fun
1: (laughs) we're having a digital pagan winter holiday yay
0: Yay! (laughs) fuck all that it's halloween we're talking about so uh yeah when what did you say it was when the oh the barrier between the living and the dead is
1: it's finished yeah so it goes back i'm I'm glad mind that that time we talked about the axis monday i feel like it comes up a lot so um In ancient Celtic pagan belief, there was the idea that that veil between the worlds, the axis mundi, um, that it like varies in thickness, and the time of year that it's at its thinnest is on what again I think is Samhain Eve, which is the 31st of October, and that is when it it's at its thinnest. So because it's at its thinnest, um, people from the dimensions where the dead reside are more—it's it's, more—I don't know—free and easy for them to pass <laughs> to worlds. And I suppose it would be more easy for us to. To fall into their world as well.
0: So, the reason why people then dress up in disguises is that is so that the, the dead won't recognize them or terrorize them or something, or they'll think that you're also a demon or a dead or to scare them off or something like that. Whereas yeah, in, Me- I mean. in Mexico, they, they celebrate the dead and it's well, basically their family coming over. To meet them
1: technically we did both celebrate the dead and weirdly uh, like as you know the thing i'm going to talk about is halloween decorations but these aren't okay. either Halloween decorations that i was going to talk about but the reason that we light candles is to invite our dead loved ones into our house to be like follow the light back to us but the reason that we dress up and or at least we get children to dress up in scary costumes is so that when they're out they don't get attacked by like Bad demons yeah. or bad spirits that have crossed over from the other realm don't look scarier than them. So yeah, it's it's not just that there's evil spirits or that there's good spirits. It's just that again that veil is at its thinnest. So any I suppose any being from any dimension will find it easier to pass into our dimension on Halloween.
0: Why can't we pass into theirs though? That's what like, I want to know.
1: Maybe we can. What well, hold on? What's that thing called that I was going to ask you if you watched that I watched and absolutely loved last Halloween? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Over the garden wall. No. Oh my God. Open. Oh Over God. the garden wall. Over the oh. garden. You, you would absolutely love it. So right, well, think, Where do you so, find it? Um, I think. I may is it Disney? What did I watch it on? I don't know what I watched it on. Oh, I've
0: got cartoon Disney Plus. Network.
1: It's Cartoon Network. Oh.
0: Um, is that a cartoon?
1: Yeah, it's like uh, it was released as a mini series, and then they basically like stuck it all together and re-released it as like a um Halloween. Like, it's like a Halloween kids' film, but it's like a pagany, creepy, slightly unnerving, really weird, really beautiful... Like, you would love it. Okay, no, I, I, mean probably, I could like probably find it. it. You would love it.
0: I could probably find it on a streaming site or something.
1: I'll but do part that. of that is the main character kind of slipping through the veil. So instead of beings from another dimension coming over here, he kind of goes over there. And I will not say more than that because I feel like okay, okay. you any way that happens in it. But, yeah, it's wonderful. Do you think...
0: Do you think that halloween has been too americanized
1: yes (laughs) yeah
0: again no offense to our american listeners i know there are some out there but we used to like people are carving pumpkins we don't have pumpkins in the uk and scotland anyway it's not a natural vegetable that grows here so what we would have done is turnips or neeps as we would call them
1: oh can i start like they're um, a lot smaller the halloween turnip because i've got that's one of the things that i researched
0: yeah go and tell us about the halloween turnip then
1: okay so i love the story of the halloween turnip so the halloween the original jack-o'-lanterns were um, yeah that's
0: right
1: made out of turnips so Mm -hmm. the original jack-o'-lantern was the halloween turnip and before everything as you said went over to america and got americanized and the story that relates to that decoration is the story of stingy jack so (laughs) stingy jack Jack was
0: Oh. Ah. She's the stingiest person. I literally know. <laughs> Her and I mean, Stingy Jack should get married. Oh. Sorry to interrupt, not... but that really tickles me.
1: <laughs> well, much obviously from his name, much like I feel bad calling your sister stingy, but you've done it. Much like your sister Stingy Jack was stingy, so he was this stingy old guy who lived in Ireland. And he was known, other than being stingy, for tricking people. And quite often, he would obviously trick people out of money because he was stingy. (laughs) One Halloween, the story goes, he invited the devil to drink with him, but he hadn't brought any money to the pub because he was stingy. So he convinced the devil that he should turn himself into a coin so that he could pay for both of their drinks. And then when the pub was closed, the devil could climb back out of the till and change back into the devil. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he agreed to this thought it was a great idea and turned himself into a high value coin and jack picked him up and put him put him in his pocket and then put a silver crucifix on top of him so that it was impossible for the devil to transform back i think in the original story it was just a piece of silver but then as time went on it turned into a silver crucifix so he put this piece silver on that. top of the devil and because the silver was on him he couldn't turn back into the devil Um, The devil could still speak to him, so he was begging to be turned back into the devil, and Jack eventually agreed that he would release him, but only if he agreed not to bother or hurt him for a year. Right. The devil said, right, fine, you've got a deal. So Jack took the silver off of the devil, took the coin out of his pocket, and he turned back into the devil. So then he said, okay, I won't hurt or bother you for a year. So a year later, on the next Halloween, the devil arrived to claim Jack, and Jack said, okay, but before you take me to hell i want you to climb this tree that's got really delicious apples on it and bring me down one last piece of fruit for me to eat and the devil being obviously an upstanding guy said yeah that seems perfectly reasonable if i'm going to torture you for all eternity i suppose you can have a nice apple first and you're a bit too old to be climbing trees (laughs) so very
0: gentlemanly, like
1: (laughs) indeed so the devil went and shimmied up the tree And as he was doing this, he started carving symbols into the base of the tree and the symbols caused the devil to become stuck. They were like a a runic symbol that meant that he couldn't get down.
0: What an arsehole the devil must feel like. I know, he's like, why do you
1: keep trusting Jack? (laughs) (laughs) Every time. So the devil was then stuck up in the tree and he said to Jack, I don't want to be stuck in this tree forever. Please, can you cut the tree down? cut the tree down and set me free. And Jack said, okay, I agree to cut the tree down, but only if you agree not to bother me or to try and hurt me in any way for the next 10 years.
0: Why can't he just say forever?
1: I don't know. He's not that wise. No. The devil said, yep, that's fine. I'll let you be for 10 years. So Jack went and got his axe and he cut down the tree, him and the devil shook hands. It was all good. Until the following Halloween when Jack died, of natural causes. Not from the dead. <laughs> So, when he died, he went to go to heaven and he got told that he couldn't go to heaven. Basically, he because advocate. to cut a long story short, God thought he was a knob. So, God <laughs> not get into heaven. He seemed like an absolute dickhead. But because he'd made his deal with the devil to say that the devil couldn't bother him at all for the next 10 years, right. that meant that he couldn't get into hell. And actually, it wasn't even that he couldn't get into hell for the next nine years because the devil had to take him on the moment of his death. So he could just never go to hell at all. So that meant that he was just stuck on the earth as a wandering spirit, only able to wander the earth at night. Now, the devil, again, being an upstanding guy, felt bad for Jack and thought, do you know what? He is a bit of a dick, but he is my friend. (laughs) And it was quite funny. I'll give him some things to keep him, you know, to, to travel about safely in the dark as a spirit. So he gave him an everlasting turnip that would never rot, and he hollowed it out and put in it an ever-burning candle and now according to the legend jack wanders the earth every halloween carrying his lantern to light his way and that's why we put the candles traditionally for the flame to draw our families in inside of the hollowed out turnip because that's like a sort of mark of respect to jack in his story
0: i love that story i like jack respect and do you know what at least the devil can take a joke
1: yeah i mean god's god's oh,
0: just like oh fuck really? you're not even gonna take the chance but the devil I left, Have you got me
1: God's <laughs> oh, the worst person in that story yeah. <laughs> yeah the devil's really sound like the devil comes across really well in that story he
0: does i <laughs> imagine him quite looking quite um suave like with a pencil thin mustache and a really skinny kind of uh, like black suit with a skinny tie
1: I also imagine them, yeah, dressed really well and like really, really skinny, and, like yeah. And hot, yeah, yeah stuffing the tree, going like, oh, come on. <laughs> come <Okay>. on.
0: <laughs> oh well, I like, I like that, but um, turnips are very difficult to carve out as well. Like at least with a pumpkin, you can easily scoop out the soft flesh underneath. With a turnip's fucking solid, so. <laughs> really you've got to really carve that shit
1: like like dicing a turnip to make like a oh. turnip or a stu- a turn a, a turn casserole uh, or whatever is murder actually trying uh, to carve a face-shaped hole in it so that you can like that is commitment to drawing your dead loved ones back to your home
0: that's definitely do you do it do you do any halloween decorations i haven't this year in my house, but i'm gonna dress up in a costume and maybe pray to baphomet
1: normally i do um i don't know if i will this year either but i do have i've got like a um, giant synthetic spiders like
0: huge oh,
1: webbing so i might put that up and then i've got um like sort of well day of the dead and um, type makeup that i might do for work on friday last yeah. year halloween um i went into work dressed up as a a, a queer mare person
0: why don't you dress as carol baskin this year and carrying her dead
1: husband but much like the devil is it scary to dress up as carol baskin because she's
0: she fed her husband to the tiger so
1: yeah (laughs) Um, if he was my husband i would have fed him to the tigers too
0: well there you go then (laughs) (laughs) of spiders um I, i read that there's a legend about spiders at halloween that if you do see a spider in your home on Halloween, not to kill it, because it's actually your loved ones coming back to say hello. Oh, that's... Okay. It's, a, it's a lucky thing. So please don't kill spiders on Halloween, even if you're really shit scared of them, because you could be killing your gran.
1: So it's like a goth version of the like first robin of winter, but it's like yes, spider of autumn is actually your dead loved one.
0: Yeah, so it could be a spider or a bat or something, or a raven, anything like that. That comes in your house or appears near you at halloween is like yeah the robin you know the robins are associated with dead relatives well in halloween it's the spider specifically
1: the other reason that they have bats is because before like pre-guy fox bonfire night didn't exist it also used to be halloween so one of the other traditions was to burn a big bonfire and for everyone to gather around it um and the bonfire because obviously if you're out as I'm aware, not from setting things on fire, but from being in the country. If you're out in the countryside at night and you start a bonfire, the bats will swoop down towards the fire because obviously oh,
0: yeah. they're the box
1: and they basically have like a feeding frenzy. So on Halloween, traditionally in Scotland and Ireland, we used to have the massive bonfires outside and everyone would gather around in the community and then there would be like a frenzy of bats round about it. So that's another reason why we have bat decorations that we hang up at Halloween to sort of and i just remembered
0: it. I just remembered from watching that um that the haunting of blythe hall remember they talked about why it was called a bonfire it was actually the bone fire because they would throw bones in and it was like they would burn all their past problems in the bone fire as a sort of rip, pagan ritual
1: i'm glad you remembered that because in my head when i was saying the thing about the bonfire there it was like it's some sort of pagan ritual, and I can't remember what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is what it was.
0: So it's a way of burning away the past burdens that you've been carrying. Burning bones, fire purifies.
1: Fire does purify, but it
0: That's also true. burns like a bitch <laughs> ah. <laughs> Oh, this is I've, I'm just looking through these daft facts. So there's one that says if you see a witch on Halloween. Like, how would you know it was a witch? Are you talking about a stereotypical witch on a broom or whatever? Or just an actual, like, witch? White witch or something? <laughs> Says, if you put your clothes on inside out and walk back... Ah, that's how to summon a witch. So, if you put your clothes on inside out and walk backwards, you'll see a witch at midnight. <laughs> I don't know why! I don't know why that works!
1: As you say, that's also very confusing, because obviously, in, like, <laughs> tradition, a witch is just, like, the wise women of your village, so surely you could just go to her door and be like all right, Agnes, what's happening? Instead of putting your clothes on the wrong way around and wandering about backwards.
0: Apparently in the UK that white cats are considered to be unlucky instead of black cats. I've never heard that before.
1: No, I've never heard that before either.
0: Interesting.
1: Hmm. One of the other ones that I uh, looked up on, like the Halloween decoration front, was why we use black, orange, and purple decorations, because that goes back to uh, oh, okay. Celtic times as well. So they used to decorate everything with, Black, orange, and purple, like flowers and leaves and stuff, <laughs> stuff yeah. to represent the sort of three parts of what makes Halloween special. So the black was to represent death because you'd have that thin bit of the veil, so those from the dimension of the dead could cross over. And the orange is to represent autumn because obviously orange is in a autumnal colour, and it's the changing of the season. So mm-hmm. it was moving officially into like winter and the darker months. And then the purple is what well, basically links to what you were just saying. So purple was the colour that was quite often associated with witches, as in, like, wise women of your community. So you would mark things with purple, like, out of respect for whoever she was, to say, like,
0: celebrate you as well. That's interesting, because there's a wee gif here with a, a witch on a broom or a vacuum cleaner. I don't know what she's. it looks like, a vacuum cleaner. Maybe it's from Hocus Pocus. And she's all in purple, so... Is it when you see witch outfits, you know, the kind of shit Halloween outfits that you get in the cheap stores like Poundland? The witch outfits are either like purple or black or whatever.
1: Yeah, they are. And they have green skin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the green skin comes from the Wizard of Oz. That's where oh, that
1: comes from. That does make sense because I assume that all of the wise women of the past weren't green. Where <laughs> <No. laughs> really like it came from, I was just kind of assumed that like if this makes sense, the, wizard, the witch in the Wizard of Oz was green because of something else to do with witches. But yeah, that makes sense, and it's the other way about.
0: I think they're trying to explain it in that film Oz, which was dreadful, that she turned green because she ate a poisoned apple that turned her heart, like took away all her soul or something, or all her goodness, and just she became pure wickedness, and that's why she was green. But doesn't make any sense. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: maybe she was just a bit sick i remember when i was wee i had this colouring book and i had some crayons and that and there was a girl a picture of a girl leaning against a tree and i got a green crayon and i just colored her skin in green and i showed it to my grandpa and he went what the hell is she sick <laughs> he was so affronted that i'd coloured her skin in green made me laugh so much <laughs>
1: creativity is not um, encouraged in modern day scotland you have to go back to the, the days of the witch women
0: <laughs> i find it interesting that if you there's a myth that if you make any journey on halloween night it has to be finished before sunset why is that i don't know like does it mean that that no, so,
1: um, if you also oh so,
0: because it because well before sunset so does that mean that you're you're traveling during the day and then when the sun sets you need to finish because it'll be night time it'll be the next morning or something i don't fucking know it doesn't make any sense does that mean you're in danger because it's dark maybe it comes when back
1: to what goes to when we were talking about the veil being thin and whether or not you mm-hmm. can pass over to the other side because if you're journeying from one place to the other and the veil gets thick again the next night then i suppose the next night when the veil starts to get thick if you've accidentally wandered into another rail maybe you become like permanently trapped there
0: well it's like the crossroads crossroads dwell so the crossroads are always associated with the devil like you meet the devil at the crossroads and you can sell your soul like there was a famous blues singer called what's he called robert something and he sold his soul to the devil and became like one of the greatest blues guitar players ever um, and he died really young so they think that that's the devil coming back to get him and um yeah uh, but in the, uh, halloween if you go to a crossroads according to this that you it you know all that will befall you in the coming year so you'll just know everything like come <laughs> suddenly you can see into the future that would be quite cool i suppose but that's something to, to, to do with the finning of the veil as well
1: although i don't know if i'd want to know i feel like mm, a supernatural powers i don't think i'd actually want to be able to tell the future I would if you'd be able to, like, stop stuff happening, but I feel like if you just gained the power to just see what was going to happen in the future, that would just be bleak.
0: According to American folklore, if you hold your breath when driving by a cemetery, or walking if you can't drive like me, it invites a spirit to possess your body. (laughs) I used to live next to a cemetery all the time, I'd walk through it, and... I would always say hello to all the, the, the gravestones when I was walking by, just, you know, in case they were annoyed with me for walking through their territory.
1: Seems reasonable. I'm glad you're getting you... a breath, though, because I wouldn't want you to be replaced with another soul.
0: I don't know. I mean, it depends. It might be a... more fun than me.
1: I don't know. <laughs> nah, we should, like, gather Maybe. people that we don't like and uh, smother them and drag them through a graveyard and see. <laughs> oh, that would be a fun game. The only other, well, not really Halloween decoration, but Halloween thing, was kind of a decoration is um, like the sort of bobbing for apples tub. So oh, right, I, yeah. I get that apples obviously, you know, fall off the trees at this time of year, but I still thought, I wonder why we bob for apples. So the reason that we bob for apples is because of Pomona, who's the harvest goddess. Right. So she was the Roman goddess of fruiting trees and orchards. So it's not actually anything to do with like Celtic paganism, but it's still paganism. It's just Roman paganism. Um, So orchard owners in the roman empire believed that she was that she watched over and protected all of the fruit trees which is why the greek word for fruit is ponum because it's after Pomona. so basically it's like her fruit Um, she was considered to be a great beauty and many men and many gods tried to woo her but she wasn't into it because she was too busy pruning and uh, grafting plants. Uh, the last bit of that is a direct quote, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah, she was just too busy doing her hobby and couldn't be bothered with all that. <laughs> uh, this all changed when she met her now-husband, Vert- Vertumnus, who's the god of gardens, which makes sense because I can see what they would have in common. Um, and so in order, of, like, basically to celebrate both of them and their marriage, traditionally in, like, ancient Rome, Every autumn, the April of the Roman Empire would celebrate the love of Pomona and Vertumnus. Oh, Pomona, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this would take place at the very end of October, and it included uh, bobbing for apples because of her love of apples. So they basically used to put out like a big wooden crate, fill it with water, fill it with apples, and then get the kids of the village to bob for apples and say, oh, like, you've won one of... Pamona's ponums which is basically like you've won one of the apples that she loves so much and then that obviously kind of intermingled with the pagan beliefs up here and that's why we started bobbing for apples here
0: and there's also like it evolved into other things so the women started thinking that if you marked a certain apple right and then if a man happened to catch your apple that you marked then that was a match that he, he was your boyfriend he <laughs> had to go out with you <laughs> and then there's another one where uh, again it's to do with flight like, love and matchmaking around bobbing for apples is that if you peel the apples and then toss the peel over your shoulder they we might form the initials of your future spouse
1: I like that they put might in there so it's...
0: <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it might not actually form any kind of letters
1: They might not.
0: And then in Scottish folklore, young women believe that looking into a mirror at midnight on Halloween, you would see the face of your future husband, and if a man happened to catch hers while bobbing, then again, they were a match made in heaven. So, it's all about, sort of, if I see a fucking creepy man looking at me in the mirror, I don't think I'd be happy about that. Maybe that
1: still not makes sense, but I get where the link is there as well, because she wasn't interested in anyone until she met her husband that helped her grow or orchards oh, and right. you like apples as much as me so maybe apples are a symbol of love
0: so again like when we were talking about christmas and how the christians like to just try and lure people away from the fun paganism like pagan rituals is that they started the word they actually invented the word halloween because it's a shortened version of all Hallow's hallows eve which they changed to instead of celebrating the dead they changed it to celebrating the saints so they called it all Saints' Day. And that's why in in New Orleans, you get like Mardi Gras, um, they they celebrate that sort of because it's mostly like a Catholic, because of the Spanish colonies there and things like that. So it's mostly a Catholic invention, Halloween, the word. And the reason why it's so big in America is that because it wasn't really a thing in America prior to a lot of Irish immigrants coming over. Because prior to that, it was like basically, you know, it's like Quaker people that went over there and they're not into celebrating like Halloween, like Samhain or whatever, the pagan stuff. They're more into the, let's all worship Jesus and not even talk about devils or whatever. So that when the Irish people came over, the Eastern European people came over, they brought that sort of mixture of Catholic and pagan Celtic traditions with them. And that's why it became sort of a big huge halloween thing with the pumpkins instead of the turnips and all that
1: i think like when you were talking about the americanization of halloween and it does like i'm, I'm not a fan of it but actually the whole new orleans yeah like that
0: yeah i like that because that, that's the, an like, interesting city and
1: your sort of voodoo beliefs and all yeah. that because
0: yeah, it's I such know. a melting pot of all these different cultures yeah. and like voodoo irish catholic you know like creole occasion, there's so much, like, French, there's the French influence, Spanish, English, American, Southern, like, it's just an amazing place. I've always wanted to go there, but I feel like after the Katrina, like, uh, hurricane, that's kind of ruined it a little bit, like, it's not going to be the same, but yeah. then, mm, I
1: don't know, I I'd guess it can't really kill the spirit. The, the vibe. Like, yeah. I always feel like when I see it on television, especially in dangerous yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in a good way. <laughs> sexy danger.
0: Yeah, like I kind of I don't know I don't want to romanticize danger and stuff. Like cause I'm sure there's it, there's people that get attacked and stuff everywhere in cities, but New Orleans just seems that kind of I don't know kind of like sexy danger like you said. I don't know yeah. how else to describe it. <laughs> like a thrilling place to be. Like it's, it's like got sexy, like Frenchy yeah, there's so <laughs> much shit that happened there. Like, there's that um, Marie Laveau, who, is she the voodoo queen? Marie yeah. Laveau? The, 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 and cool. and Marie. then there's that Madame, the French woman. She was in American Horror Story as well. It was Kathy Bates that played her. She murdered all those slaves. She bought a whole load of black slaves and then kept them in her attic and tortured them and stuff like that. And it wasn't until someone tried to set, set the place on fire that they found out that she was killing all these people for fun. And even back then, it was like still quite, although like slavery, where like slaves were considered people's property and stuff like that, it still wasn't cool to actually murder them. You were supposed to use them, yeah. you know. <laughs> although they didn't see them as quite human beings and all that, they still thought, well, you can't just murder them. It, it was so they she, but she got away with it. She actually fled to France. Ooh. What was her name?
1: I know who you mean, but I can't think what her name is either. I didn't know she got away with it either although that's not surprising she was a rich white person so yeah <laughs> these things go but
0: uh, what was
1: there name? Go and do like the sort of halloween ghost tour of new orleans that'd be amazing
0: yeah i'd love to go to saint louis cemetery and because i just love all the big tombs that they have there you just don't get th- um cemeteries like that maybe in edinburgh where you get like kind of a lot of old or the necropolis in glasgow is quite an eerie place i remember one of the first times i went there with my family i know family day out to the fucking cemetery but it's an old really old cemetery in glasgow it was built it was built in the 19th century okay so maybe that's not quite old but as it, it is old But right? i think it might go back to the early 19th century maybe late 18th at push and it's really really kind of gothic because glasgow ended up an industrial city everything was covered in soup so even the cathedral today is quite black so it looks quite badass <laughs> and then um, all the, the these big massive tombs like elaborate tombs in glasgow necropolis are all quite covered in soup so it looks really goth and it's quite eerie i think when i went there once with my parents i just got this really strange feel and it wasn't just me my dad said do you not feel a bit creepy like it, a creepy vibe around here but then I visited it like several times after that and I didn't get that feeling. I saw a deer once, which was weird.
1: I love it there. I always find it quite calming when I'm there and I like that it's...
0: I must have picked something weird
1: up that day. Slightly, not twisted as in like a twisted place to visit as in, if you get what I mean, because you've been there literally twisted like it seems to be built kind of yeah. up and on a slight... It's on a t- hill. ...doubles back on itself. It's It's cool. I'm a big fan.
0: Our name was Delphine La Lorie, the um, woman who killed the slaves. That's La She
1: shouldn't have done such awful things.
0: Oh, she's actually one of the worst people ever. But and she, oh, she's in St. Louis Cemetery, so she must have went because she fled to France. Oh no, no, she did. She died in France on the 7th of December 1849, but she was buried back in New Orleans. What?
1: Well, that's <laughs> weird. I
0: know. Why got into the trouble in shipping your body all the way back over to New Orleans? I don't understand that.
1: No.
0: <laughs> but speaking of cemeteries, right? Um I want to talk about the greyfriars Cemetery in Edinburgh. Because Edinburgh's like probably most known for like fucking Harry Potter and all that. That's where Harry Potter was conceived and blah blah blah. Or Greyfriars Bobby. Or most recently it was in what the Marvel movie? What was it, Endgame? Was it Endgame? Or was it one before that?
1: Oh, so... Well, um, you know, Vision,
0: Vision and um, the Scarlet Witch
1: yeah, was we're... there
0: on honeymoon. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so the old town in Edinburgh is really interesting. There's a, a lot of ghost tours around there and I've been on quite a few of them. And there's the famous Greyfriars uh, Cemetery and it's said that there's so many people buried there that bone pits can open up. And actually, like, come up through the grounds because there's that many layers of people under that. They were just put on one on top of the other when they ran out of space. Lovely. And they still come up through the grounds. <laughs> and the story is that there's a famous part of the cemetery. It's towards the back and it's cordoned off. And it was it's it's famous because there's a there's a, a catacomb called the Mackenzie Portergeist. Now, it's not where this guy, there's a, a a really arse, like a really bad man, right, called George Mackenzie. And he, he was round about the time of Charles II, sort of the 17th century, mid-17th century. And there was, like, because Scottish people were very Presbyterian. And King Charles II, although he wasn't completely, he was a Protestant, he sort of sided more towards Catholicism. Whereas in Scotland, we were always very, very towards, like, Calvinism, very strict no fun Presbyterianism and there was a lot of protest so they didn't want to follow the sort of Church of England's kind of um, way of doing things in the church or their bible so they were called the Covenanters and they rebelled against the the king and he sent this guy who's, who was, whose job it was was basically to round up all these uh, Covenanters and basically to kill them, <laughs> execute them, whatever, get rid of them so he rounded up a whole bunch of them and shoved them in this prison. What at the time where where Greyfriars cemetery is, it, he locked them up in there and basically started they, they had they led an absolute miserable life. They were pretty much slaughtered or just left there to rot. So it's got a really, really dark atmosphere in there. And they actually have locked it off because in one of the, the tombs in there or one of the prison cells, there's a poltergeist and it's been known to hurt people attack people particularly if you're sensitive so if you're what's known as what they described it as if you're a, what's called a conductor it'll be attracted to you it'll make a beeline for you so if you're standing in that tomb you will sometime if you're a conductor you'll feel like really cold or you'll get headaches or you'll feel as if someone's touching you one guy even had his trousers pulled down he
1: was standing in <laughs> <by> the <ghost. laughs> I remember the alien that scanted that guy. I can't believe <laughs> there's and aliens out there scanting people. The poor guy, guy scanted oh, <laughs> That's said if you're a bit sensitive, obviously, you, you meant like six sense sensitive, but. You <laughs> mean like if you're a bit like, oh, I don't really like going in cold places so then he's scanty? Like, those are.
0: Yeah, so this guy George Mackenzie, who's an a- absolute bastard, right? He treated the prisoners like shit and just killed loads of them uh, just for you know religious persecution. He's also buried in a tomb in Edinburgh, but he's got a bit of a more of an elaborate tomb. And they they call it that's why they called Mackenzie Portergeist because it's just associated with him, but he's not the actual Portergeist. And the reason the story is, if I remember when they said how the Portergeist came about was. I don't know, sometime in the kind of maybe the seventies or something, there was like a a groundskeeper for the the cemetery of you know, like a guardian or whatever, a watchman, night watchman or something. And he, he wandered in to this part of the cemetery where the Mackenzie prison was, and he went into the tomb and he fell down a hole. <laughs> And he got stuck in mud and it was like full of bodies and stuff. Because like I say, the bodies just come up under the ground um at the, the cemetery. And he was that freaked out and scared and he was so like under emotional stress and everything that he released a bunch of fear pheromones, which then turned into a poltergeist. That's our theory. So as a result of the absolute terror and fear, that then turned into a malevolent kind of spirit thing. Have you heard of that before? And it's stayed there ever since. It feeds off of people's fear. So it feeds off of people's pheromones. So when you go on the tour, which I've been on a couple of times, they, um, they let you in. You go into the the tomb where the poltergeist is. And you all stand in. You talk about it. You sort of wait to see if anything happens. And then what they do is someone from the tour sort of sneaks through and then jumps out and goes, "boo!" right, to try and scare you all. So you all... Um, release a lot, a lot of fear and pheromones to try and provoke the poltergeist or feed it or something. That's what they said.
1: I like it was to try to feed it like it's their pet poltergeist. Like. Well, I
0: mean, they've got to make a living out of it. If it doesn't perform, then they're not gonna, they're not gonna be able to get their tours on the go. Are they?
1: And it makes sense. I mean, they're probably <laughs> something like I with a pandemic, like energy. Ghosts, rather than like spirit ghosts, yeah. like an energy ghost that was. Well,
0: you get elementals as well, and they're never—they were never human. They're just spirits that are attached to the land. Yeah. They're like sort of the equivalent of a spirit, wild animal sort of thing. It was never—it it was never flesh. It was just always there. I love the idea of elementals. So this um, tomb—it's it, always locked up. They lock it because they say it's it's just too, too dangerous. And it actually affects a lot of the um, buildings around the, that are around the cemetery that the poltergeist can affect their, their stuff. Like it moves things or it can make you feel shit or make you feel sick. I went in a couple of times and then there was one time I went by myself with a couple of my friends without being on the ghost tour. And it wasn't quite dark. It was just getting sort of to dusk. And I noticed that the the chain and the fence was loose. So I could actually, I was fit enough to just squeeze my way in. Hmm. So I started running up and down this area. I really wanted something to happen. I went in the tomb by myself and everything. um, But no, it didn't really target me. I didn't really feel anything when I went in the tomb. I was kind of disappointed that I didn't get scratched or nothing happened to me. So I guess I'm just not one of those conductors.
1: I feel like I seem to be a magnet for Weird, possibly dead, possibly never living things.
0: Well, will but you come to
1: me again? then? I never not squeeze through a gate. So.
0: Would you, if we, you know, when we can, when this pandemic situation ever lifts and we can actually go and do things, would you come to me with, um, to Edinburgh and do the Mackenzie Poltergeist?
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: And I really hope that he scants you. I. We are tight trousers. Really <laughs> Have you ever been on the ghost tours in Edinburgh? Because you can go down the vaults where they discovered like streets underground that were sealed off because of the plague. So and again in the seventeenth century in Edinburgh there was a lot of plague and there was quite a lot of high rise buildings in Edinburgh at that time where people would just live on top of each other and they would throw their shit out the window and stuff and you'd have to watch out. And then um, there was a certain area in Glad- um, in Edinburgh that had a particularly bad, um, plague outbreak. And it was, it was kind of underground. They had like shops and things like that and little people lived there and it was Mary Kings Close as well. And then they were all, because they had the plague, they just sealed it off basically, bricked them in. They weren't the quarantines, a bit like now. (laughs) And they were just left there to die. Uh, And then they discovered them later on, like, and then they take people down there and they're supposed to be incredibly haunted. And I, I've said this before when I was down in the vaults, I heard there was no one in the room we were standing in front of. Like, there was no one behind me and my boyfriend. Everyone else were huddled in the hallway. And, and me and my boyfriend were standing in front of this entranceway to this room. And we could hear what felt like stones being thrown in, on the floor. And we could hear them, like, at our feet. But there was nothing there. That's the only weird thing that's happened in that place.
1: I Like, I'd like to go on that as well. I've actually gone to go on it twice. And both times I didn't get to go on it. The Aww. first time when I went to go on it we got there and went to book in to go on the last walk and they said it was already fully booked and then the second time we went um, we went a bit earlier so we'd be able to get booked in and we went they said that there wasn't enough interest because it'd been pouring all day so they just cancelled the last one so oh
0: man because I could have stayed overnight in that Mackenzie Poltergeist because it was a girl that I was um, quite friends with I met I sort of, like, in the early days of the internet, because I was a massive fan of um, the Vampire Chronicles and Anne Rice, I would go on, in school, when we were selling in Dunkin' I would go to the library and I would just go on, like, Anne Rice forums, Vampire Chronicle forums, and this girl would pop up. She called herself Claudia Reeves. That was her, like, avatar name. And I started talking to her and I found out she was from Edinburgh. So I was like, oh, right, I'm from East Coast right, blah, 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 blah. Why don't we meet up? You yeah. Know, i'll meet a complete stranger over the internet no idea what you look like or whatever i met her at glasgow uh, central and she was lovely she's a wee bit older than me but she was so nice uh, and yeah um so she knew someone she left in edinburgh and she knew someone she personally knew the person who ran the Mackenzie poltergeist tour and they said that yeah if you want to come back um, again later, you can sit and we could do a visual overnight. Actual sleep in there, like stay right. there. I would have loved to have done that. Yeah. <laughs> but we never got around to it. She lives in Jordan now.
1: Probably not going to no poster.
0: No. But speaking of which, what I want to get round to is there was a story, and I remember when this happened. Right, this is way back in 2004. So there's a story about um a couple of scallys like we Ned's who avoided jail for violating a tomb and beheading the corpse of (laughs) Mackenzie. So I'm going to read this article from The Guardian, which was printed back in the Saturday the 24th of April 2004. So it says, Sonny Devlin, 17, of Edinburgh, and a 15-year-old boy who cannot be named for legal reasons, took the skull from the mausoleum of Sir George Bloody Mackenzie, that was what he was known as because he was an arsehole, and played with it in the grounds of Greyfire's Kirkyard. The youths were charged under ancient legislation used to per- prosecute Edinburgh's notorious 18th and 19th century grave robbers. It was the first time for over 100 years that anyone had been accused of a violation of sepulture. I love that word. <laughs>
1: or I mean, I think that's a weird one. Like, I, it's it was... so funny. How much would you have to be to go steal a skull?
0: <laughs> yeah, but not only that, but they were... like it gets, it gets funnier. So it says, At the High Court in Edinburgh, Devlin was sentenced to three years probation and the 15-year-old to two years probation. The judge, Lord Wheatley, said they had committed a gruesome and revolting offence. He said that although the younger teenager had only been standing guard, he was equally guilty in the eyes of the law. The court had heard how the youths caused around £10,000 worth of damage during the incident on June 30th last year of, like, 2003, I suppose. The doors of the Mackenzie mausoleum were forced and the mummified head of a male corpse, which is Mackenzie's, was cut off with a penknife. Jesus Devlin then <laughs> Devlin then put his fist into the neck and talked to the head like a glove puppet. What? <laughs> He was later-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Like, that is completely insane.
0: Well, I think that's justice because he was an absolute prick who murdered loads of people, so he deserves that indignity. He said he was later caught after returning to the graveyard to show off to a girl who did not believe his claim that he had broken into a tomb. Police had been called after the operator of one of the city's ghost tours challenged the teenagers in the cemetery after seeing them carrying something in a blanket officers who arrived at the scene found the headless remains of a body in the lower level of the vault the identity of the corpse is not known but it was in a mummified state and it was thought to have been there for many years it's probably bloody Mackenzie. devlin's lawyer jim stevenson told the court his client was aware of the serious nature of the offense and has shown some regret i don't think he has some
1: regret
0: yes Some. Richard Goddard, counsel for the co-defendant, said his client was a likable young man from a fairly complicated personal background. The youths were found guilty after a trial last month. Sir George Mackenzie, a former Lord Advocate during the reign of King Charles II, died in 1691. He earned a nickname Bloody Mackenzie for sending hundreds of Protestant Covenanters to their deaths. So, I mean, I also heard that they, they took his head and kicked it about like a football, but the glove puppet thing is even funnier. I say good for them. That's quite.
1: They'll be like uh, roughly our age. What do you think they're up to now?
0: God, I know. Oh, they would have been because like back in 2003, I was like 17, 18. One of them was only 15, so I don't know. Do you think they just talked? To... I don't know if they're still pals, but do you think they ever like you know tell that story to people at parties to break the ice? I like that. I around that. I'm. And that time when we broke into that cunt's, cor- that cunt's vault in Sookie's hidden.
1: Cut it. his head off with a pen knife and pretended it was a glove puppet. <laughs> I also like that he brought a girl back to impress her. Now, don't get me wrong, when I was a team where someone said they'd broken into a tomb of a, like, mummified corpse, I would have been impressed. But if they were then like, <laughs> here's the head, I carved it off with a pen knife, I'd be like, Okay. <laughs> too
0: bad no teeth thanks i just it's mental i don't i mean they have the actual balls to do that like touch an actual mummified head that's crazy i love it i don't remember when that was published and thinking that's hilarious, that's oh. fucking hilarious. <laughs> or was that just a publicity stunt by the the ghosters but no it was real Huh? so edip still has whack jobs that basically dig up corpses for a laugh
1: yep they're still out there somewhere what was his name sonny devlin
0: sonny devlin <laughs> we can't we don't know the name of the other guy because he was too young for legal reasons to be named i guess at the age of 17 you can be named sonny devlin what a legend
1: Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> desecrating corpses out there in his day-to-day life
0: yeah, but if you trip over some bones in that kirkyard, is that desecrating a corpse? Or is that just an accident? Because like they say, there are bone pits that appear, like sinkholes in that place, because there's that many people buried.
1: No, I think if I trip over some bones, that's an accident, but if I then pull the bones out of the ground and start whittling them,
0: that... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making a dildo out of this guy's it's fine. He was what he would have wanted. <laughs> so that's fun I think Edinburgh would be a
1: fun yeah yeah
0: Um, I kind of miss the old town in Edinburgh um, but I don't like the new town it's shite but there are teams there's a lot of pricks in Edinburgh to be honest it's really hard to find a Scottish person there that isn't some sort of English (laughs) So you can't it's very I think there's there's a divide between Glasgow and Edinburgh basically Glasgow's more like the sort of I don't know, Fun. working, ma- working yeah, socialist city. Yes, city in Edinburgh is like the fool of themselves snobby bastard city that vote Tory. They're literally the only Labour Party member for Scotland, the only Labour MP in Scotland is always voted by Tory, um, Tories for um, somewhere in Edinburgh. I just don't get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's confusing
0: honestly I think that they should move the capital of scotland from edinburgh to glasgow because we're more pa- patriotic as scottish people than people in edinburgh
1: we're i think they just... should move it somewhere really random just for fun like make um, it scotland. <laughs> trin trin,
0: <laughs> trin- <Ra>. <laughs> <laughs> yay halloween fucking yay, love it indeed. i don't think it should just be for kids
1: no i think it's, it's wasted on children they can fuck yeah. right off
0: yeah, and I really, I always object to like people who dress up as like princesses on Halloween. I don't think you should dress up as anything other than something that's evil, because that just defeats the whole purpose. If you're dressing as like a fluffy bunny or something, or a I sexy version sure of something, a cat, no
1: bunny, a sexy cat, a princess, then um, evil beings. Oh, space go? world goes? beyond <laughs> the veil should drag you into the world beyond the veil for all eternity, because you're not dressed scary enough to frighten them off.
0: Exactly. You should be picked off by the, the bad spirits because you haven't disguised yourself enough. Yeah. Oh, well, like Dita Von Tees, who's the famous burlesque dancer with the black hair and everything, she, um, for her Halloween costume, she actually dresses as what she calls a normal person because <laughs> yeah. no one recognises her. That's her idea of like horror, is to dress like a blonde bimbo. You know, one of those Instagram people. Or like Paris Hilton with, like, joggies, you know, like, juicy, juicy couture, um, velour sweatpants and stuff like that, and a baseball cap. Nice. That's what she does for Halloween.
1: Maybe I should dress as a shit person for Halloween this year.
0: <laughs> Who would that be? <laughs> Your headmaster. <Headmistress>. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I want to set up as a, a psycho sailor one year for club noir club noir was a burlesque club um a burlesque club night in glasgow and it was only on like at halloween or new year they would put on shows but their halloween was the most famous one that everyone loved to go to and i dressed up as a psychopathic sailor it was one of my favorite outfits ever so just basically just got a sailor um sailor outfit with a hat and everything. I frizzed up my hair I cramped my hair and then frizzed it up so it looked insane did like crazy makeup and I had like cuts like what looked like cuts on my face and stuff with blood coming down and then I had like a big meat cleaver and then I had a fake hand that I'd just chopped off that I'd like put around a chain or around my neck so I was wearing it as a trophy and that was my bit
1: i'm a big fan of that i went uh once as a like gondolier driver that I had drowned and it was one of my favorite costumes just because i spent an yeah. absolute fucking age on the makeup and i think it genuinely looked like i was a drowned corpse
0: yeah see i like that like my i had a whole backstory for my my costume my character that you know i was on a ship and i just all of a sudden just flipped and decided to murder everyone on board and <laughs> keep their hands as like a trophy whereas what was it behind the, what was your eye why did you come up with the drowned gondolier i think that's really cool
1: uh basically because i decided that i quite like gondolier like um boatsman's hats so i bought <laughs> yeah. and i made up a question from there where i was like well i suppose the most likely way for one of them to die would be if like their boat capsized, and then i like basically just did drowned person makeup decided that i'd fallen in the water and not been recovered
0: were you all like kind of bloated look i don't know how you can make yourself look it's like kind of gray yeah um, did you like, did you make uh, yourself look wet did you, yeah. did you
1: wear damp clothes <laughs> i am I, um, like put dye on the clothes and i like put my hair down with gel so that it looked like it was soaking and then I did like bluey gray makeup but i did it more bluey towards the edges and more gray the further you got in and i had i basically like went over all of my veins with like a really really dark blue makeup pencil before i put on the blue and the gray makeup so that you could see all of my veins like really really clearly under it put lots of heavy like makeup on my eyes and on my lips so they look kind of dark and puffy at the same time i was very happy when it was done
0: right you need to post that on our our page if you've got any um pictures of that i'll post some yeah, of I my really costumes somewhere. right we're gonna post our halloween costumes on our um our facebook group so if you want to share yours as well, I would love to see them. So just pop on the page.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, One of the things that I used to love to do just to kind of towards the end of this podcast is I used to go to my friend Debbie's, who is, she still to this day, absolutely loves Halloween. And she would decorate the inside of her house, especially for kids coming round, And I would dress up as something really scary and it was always my goal every year to make at least one child cry with fear, <laughs> and every time it worked. What fine Because <laughs> I dressed as a sort of evil like um, widow or like a bride of Satan or something all in black with a black veil, and I put like kind of doll makeup on my face. And I, I sat. My job was to sit down, and I'd have like the bowl of the sweets with like a scary hand in it. And the kids would have to come through the scary hallway in the living room and then confront me. And I would just look at them, slowly lift my veil and then cruelly smile at them and then slowly ha- like bring out the bowl towards them. As if to come on, get some sweets. <laughs> and then one of them would cry. <laughs> it was so much fun. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it wouldn't be Halloween if you don't make at least one child cry with fear <laughs> at some point.
1: True, that's the. Did you ever truth. go out
0: trick or treating?
1: Did I ever go out trick or treating? Yeah. Yeah, I went out trick or treating like every year when I was weak Did you? Yeah, I,
0: I, were, that. I didn't do it. At, to be honest, the first time I went out trick or treating was in like primary seven. By which point I was probably a bit old to do it. <laughs> to do that. And I was forced to dress up as fucking posh spice from spice Girls ah. and they put me in a really, really tarty, like a really ridiculously short skirt. And um yeah, I had to go around with I was so embarrassed I was not happy at all. It was like this really tiny orange mini skirt and I like a black tube top or something, it was Gemma Devlin's outfit. <laughs> and then people made us sing Spice Girl songs. So like, I don't want to do that anymore. It's my idea of hell. I yeah, wanted to be complete. a devil.
1: I've ever heard that you've done. <laughs>
0: it's awful. The only good thing about it was getting like sweets and money.
1: The first half, well, not that I can remember because I was too young. But my mum has pictures of it that she's told me the story of the first Halloween party that I went to when I was maybe like three or four, and it was organised by my playgroup, and that you had to dress up as your hero. And my mum asked me who I wanted to dress up as, and I said a butts. And then she <laughs> again and I said a bus again. So my mom had to make my homemade bus costume to wear to this hero's you know, Halloween party where everyone was dressed as their hero and I was dressed as a bus.
0: Did you understand <laughs> my my
1: mom <laughs> of that as well?
0: Yeah, please. I remember <laughs> I think my parents like took Halloween discos when I was young as a way to torture me, and my sister. <laughs> Cause one time my dad covered me and like he actually wrapped cardboard around my legs and my arms and that and made me a stupid cardboard hat and then he gleefully just um entombed me in this cardboard by getting sellotape and wrapping it around my legs and arms and that so it was that tight and he said you're you're um you're a robot <laughs> 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 I, I couldn't fucking <laughs> <do it. laughs> walk <laughs> and then my mum one time dressed me as something that i really hate which was like a clown but not just any clown a tramp clown like a home actual homeless disgusting clown she made my face all dirty gave me like what looked like a beard dressed me up in an old like hobo shirt with like braces and stuff I actually was it was really scary to be fair but it was horrible (laughs) and I think the laziest costume I ever made was just as a ghost where I just took a big long big sheet, um, sheet of fab, white fabric, cut holes out for eyes, put it over my head and just put like a, a, a band, you know, a hair band over the top to secure it with that, sh- that had light. And that was my ghost outfit. I wore like white jeans underneath. <laughs> Still.
1: <Yeah. laughs> I quite well, like it. Space, though
0: oh no i mean it would it have been a paedophile's dream honestly i was like 13 <laughs> fucking hell oh. <laughs> yeah so that kind of put me off going trick-or-treating because i thought nah this isn't right there's too many jimmy savills in the world so that will probably just want to invite you in and molest you
1: there are unfortunately far too many jimmy savills in the world mm-hmm.
0: but, well, that was fun that was our halloween special Hope you all have a wonderful Halloween yourself.
1: I think we finished off our Halloween special yeah. just on the note that there, there's, there's too. <laughs> the well, everyone, as they always say, yeah. at this time of year. There's too many people in the world. <laughs> Peace out. Do you, think,
0: <laughs> do you think people? Do you think it's too soon that people dress up as Jimmy Savile? You know how people would dress up as Jimmy Fa- Savile before he was out as an absolute king of the nonsense. Yeah. And. then, did they not ban Jimmy Savile like costumes? But then you could still technically dress up as Jimmy Savile and then your pal could dress as Michael Jackson and another person can dress as Gary Glitter and you could be like the pedo squad for Halloween the monster squad.
1: (laughs) What a beautiful idea.
0: (laughs) Didn't someone have i'm sure someone had a michael jackson costume where it was like a little kid in front like it was it was like not a real child it was just like a level and he was wandering around with (laughs) but then when i went to club noir the two guys i was with um gary and his brother uh, Derek, he, they were dressed as SS officers, but they sort of chickened out and they had to change the swastikas to like something else because they were a bit, they, they, they didn't want to get in trouble for wearing that. They felt a bit guilty about dressing as like you know SS officers, but it was a pretty cool uniform. <laughs> <laughs> what did they replace it's,
1: the like, SS?
0: They, they no, they just drew an extra couple of. Like arms on the swastika so it didn't look like a nazi swastika it just looked like I i don't know a random extension. you know like yeah extension thing not quite a swastika a bit like a knockoff one
1: i don't know what i wanted you to say like they got <laughs> like iron on duck really? like, ducks on their uniform <laughs> oh,
0: that's the whole point of halloween like i say you should dress as something evil and monstrous so jimmy savile would come under that
1: yeah, I suppose according to the ancient rules of Halloween, then, yeah, Jimmy Savile, fine. Michael Jackson, fine. A Nazi, fine. You have to dress <laughs> something actually terrifying.
0: I uh, one year, someone, uh, when I went to the Glasgow School of Art Halloween ball, someone had dressed, some arsehole, had dressed it as, a, as a, a mammogram, you know, for breast screening. Yeah. <laughs> an actual box, like an actual machine. Like... <laughs> Yeah, you get perverts like that that try and pull that shit. <laughs> it was always good, like, because people at the Glass School of Art, um, Halloween Ball, always made a um, really good effort with our costumes because we're all, like, mad artists. Yeah. So that was fun. It was a shame because I loved that place. It was so, like, bad. It was, like, really smoky before the smoking ban. And it was that, like, uh, the, the floor would be, like, so grimy that your shoes would stick to the floor because <laughs> it was so sticky with booths. Oh, fun i love those kind of places but...
1: when we were young and also when we were allowed to go outside
0: yeah that's true fun
1: time.
0: Mm. right well i thought we ended it quite well on the jimmy savile thing but now i don't really know what to say
1: <laughs> uh, I think we should oh what's
0: our next topic
1: oh our our next topic is creation stories
0: oh shit so it is yeah creation stories so we're
1: going to be talking about next week and she wants us to still look at creation stories so that's what we're going to look at
0: when she escapes from the poltergeist and television
1: yes i say she'll be back next week we don't know the bail may close up and she may be in the poltergeist television forever um, and <laughs> i think we should sign off by saying if you're dressing as a slutty nazi for halloween please send us your picture
0: yeah, and I'm away to go and worship Baphomet,
1: the Lord on high, the Holy Goat. And I'm away to make a bone dildo. Happy Halloween!
0: Yay! Bye. 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 Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>